sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Oh, yeah. It's that time. Welcome in. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM, Channel 159, The Sports Grid Radio Network. I'm excited about today's show. I really am. I can't lie. I'm excited about it for a couple of reasons. One, I love doing Sirius XM, Channel 159. It's fun. And it's a good opportunity to talk sports and sports betting and reach a broad audience. We appreciate it very much. We appreciate everyone that downloads the podcast version of this show. And it should be fun. It is. Day in, day out. Week in, week out. Two shows a week before Sports Grid every weekend. But I'm excited about today's show in particular. I'm bringing in someone who's not a sports better. I've had him on the show once before. His name's Bradley Schrager. He's an attorney out here in Las Vegas. He's a good friend of mine. And he's someone who has nothing to promote. Not trying to sell you anything. Not trying to get you to buy his picks. But if ever there is a man that lives and breathes Big Ten basketball, Bradley Schrager's that guy. You know, he's got connections at Iowa. He's got connections at Ohio State. He's got connections at Northwestern. He's got connections in Michigan, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes to watching these games night in, night out, knowing these programs like the back of his hand, Schrager's that guy. I've had him on Cover It With Teddy Covers one other time. I had him on... I think it was before the Super Bowl two years ago. Me and him, uh, we called it the Super Bowl Memory Show. And that was a fun show to do. Uh, we did, uh, you know, an hour's worth of going back through the last 25 years of Super Bowls and what we remembered and the betting stories that stood out. And I'm hoping today's show will be every bit as much as fun. Because uh, that really was uh, one of the best shows I've ever done uh, for Sports Grid. So we'll see if we can do that today. It's going to be Big Ten heavy. We're going to talk Big Ten tournament and how to beat it. But it should be a lot of fun with Bradley Schrager today. Before we get into Mr. Schrager, we got to talk about what we just saw in Ohio. Ohio, just legalized betting, January 2023. The first month with legal sports rate wagering. And the numbers are insane. $1.11 billion in January 2023. Okay, just to put that in perspective. All right. <laughs> Now, the highest sports betting handles by state, New York was first with $1.8 billion, then Ohio with $1.1 billion. That was ahead of New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Maryland, Indiana, Tennessee, and Louisiana, round out the top ten. When you look at the biggest months of all time in the history of legalized, regulated sports betting here in the United States, well, there's New York in January 2023, there's New Jersey in January 2022, and then there's Ohio. In January 2023. That's all-time handle. They just opened. And they just finished third in all-time handle for the month of January. Nevada's fourth, by the way, on that list. January 2022. Illinois is fifth on the list. They did over a billion dollars in October of 2022. But the numbers for Ohio are astronomical. Through the roof. And what happens when you see numbers like this? And I'm going to talk about hold in a minute. I'm going to talk about hold right here because the hold stands out as much as the handle. The handle is enormous, 1.1 billion. And of course, Ohio, Ohio has a bunch of colleges. They've got a bunch of NFL teams. They have a bunch, you know, NBA on and on down the line. It's a 
populous state, and it's a state with multiple big cities and multiple sports franchises. You can understand why it's going to be a state that's attractive for sports betting. The hold on the $1.1 billion was over $208 million. A, the, what they have? 18.8 uh, hold percentage. That's not sustainable. That's insane. That's too The books took too much of the better's money <laughs> in the month of January, in that first month. Um, you know, some of the uh, FanDuel had a 21% rain rate for the month. Okay. That's insane. All right. The, the win rates in Vegas, they're all single digits. You know, in Nevada, they're always single digits. You know, it'll range uh, 2, 3, 4% to 5, 6, 7, 8%. You never see double digits. You never see 18.8% for a month. Now, it certainly talks about a lot of new betters, a lot of beginning betters, a lot of people that are, uh, you know, a lot of parlay bets, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, but one thing that, another thing that stands out, all right, some of the numbers, like those huge Jersey numbers, well, all the betters from New York, it wasn't legal there yet. They had to go to Jersey. That's not the case for Ohio. All the states are many of the states around Ohio. Michigan, Indiana, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, they already had sports gaming, sports betting going. So it wasn't like, oh, everyone from the surrounding states were pumping up the volume. No, it was just a huge handle and a huge win. And the win's always a concern for me. All right. Books, uh, <laughs> books make money. And betters, many of them, the majority of betters will lose both short and long term. That's one of the reasons why programs like this exist, to help <laughs> betters fall out of that trap. When you talk about the house keeping 20% of the money, that comes in, but like, you know, that's like a big six wheel. That's the worst games you can bet. And it speaks a lot about the parlay aspect of many beginning betters. One of the things, not that we never parlay, but one of the things that beginning betters, a lesson that is often a difficult one to learn is, yeah, every, when you're trying to bet a little to win a lot, you got to be real lucky to do that. When you're straight betting, when you're flat betting, and again, when you're a beginning better, that's all I recommend doing. You straight bet, this game's going to win, yes or no. <laughs> this team's going to cover, yes or no. You're not putting them together. And you're flat betting, meaning you're not wildly adjusting your unit sizes for beginning betters. That's the only way, in my opinion, to learn appropriate methodology. Bradley Schrager coming up next. Big Ten Tournament Deep Dive. Stay tuned. Covered continue. Talk about sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network going to bring in Bradley Schrager in just a minute. First, I realized I buried the lead. Of course, I just did a whole segment talking about Ohio and the crazy numbers that Ohio put up in their very first month. And remember, this took years to put this legislation together and implement it and create all the rules and regulations. After one month, <laughs> one month of legalized sports betting in the state of Ohio, Governor Mike DeWine immediately called for a doubling of the tax rate to 20% after the huge hold number. So, again, they spend years negotiating it, and as soon as the books have a good month, 
The first month, the governor's in play saying, ah, 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 we need more taxes. That's not the case in the state of Nevada, a state that works very closely with the gaming uh, powers that be. And they're not looking to tax us up. They're looking to expand the overall pie, much like my good friend Bradley Schrager. Bradley, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining me on Cover It with Teddy Covers. Hello, Teddy Covers. It's good to talk to you again. The pleasure's all mine. We did one show, and that's why you don't have to do a superhero origin story here. Of course, you are not a professional handicapper. You're not someone who's trying to sell plays. You've got basically nothing to gain from doing this show, which speaks volumes about your love for Big Ten <laughs> basketball. And you and I did a Super Bowl show, I think it was last year we did a Super Bowl show, we went through like the twenty for the last 25 Super Bowls and talked about each and every one of them, what we remembered from a betting standpoint. And it's one of the, my favorite shows they ever done. It really is. So I wanted to have you on again right here as we approach the Big Ten basketball tournament. It is such a moneymaker year in, year out. And you're someone that knows this conference as well as anyone knows anything. When it comes to sports betting, I'm excited to pick your brain about the Big Ten well, Conference Tournament starting this week. Thank you. No, I am, I am, I am always good for a nostalgia trip, and nothing makes me as nostalgic as my love for the Big Ten generally, but Big Ten basketball as well, which I've been following now for, I don't know, what am I, 54, 40, uh, 45 years, maybe even longer I mean, I go back so far that, that, that even after 30 years, I still look at Penn State like they're on probation. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, you're part of the conference, I guess. But, you know, that sort of novelty of their hanging around is not, uh, uh, has, has not worn off yet for me. Let alone Nebraska or Rutgers or Maryland. I guess, you know, Nebraska's the big school and Rutgers the big market. But, yeah, the Big Ten, when you and I who were both at school in the Big Ten, it was... Ten teams. <laughs> and then I guess Penn State became number 11. But you're a fan. You grew up outside, uh, living outside Iowa City. Uh, you're a big Iowa fan. Uh, your dad is an Ohio State alumni. You're a big Buckeye fan. You went to school yourself later on at Northwestern. A uh, big Northwestern fan. Uh, talk a little bit about those three programs that, I mean, you know them all. But those three you know more than any. Yeah, you know, yeah. In our family personal history, we cover a pretty broad swath of uh, the Big Ten footprint, or at least the old Big Ten footprint. <laughs> I grew up about 25 minutes uh, outside of Iowa City, just on the Illinois side. And, uh, you know, back then, you know, the world, the media world and the sports world was so much smaller. You know, you, uh, college basketball inventory didn't fill every single channel. It didn't fill every weeknight, right? You, if you followed your team like I followed Iowa, you had your two games a week, and then you had your coach's show on Sunday where they would give you the highlights <laughs> yep. if, you, if you were visiting you. You remember those, right? Yep. Um, the Lute Olsen show is what that was back then. And you, you fell in love with your guys. You watched your guys. I mean, I would follow a Big Ten season in the 70s and 80s as almost a, a sort of closed system. Like, it mattered to me back then who won the Big Ten title because we hadn't uh, – we watched the tournament, but, you know, I mean, when my team would get in, they would go lose to Idaho. One year we lost uh, <laughs> to Wichita State. And I was like, what, what, you know, what is this nonsense? But, but you know, so the, so the Big Ten season itself, which had this amazing rhythm of 
Thursday and Saturday games in which you were on the road uh, Thursday and Saturday, then you came home for the next Thursday and Saturday. And you did that nine times for 18 games. Uh, and then the, you know, the team with the best record went on. And since the NCAA tournament only had like 40 or 48 teams back then, if you didn't finish first or second, there was a really good chance you were going to the NIT if you, you know, were even lucky enough to go to the NIT. So, I mean, I understand that those rhythms that I'm describing are foreign to fans today, but that's when I fell in love with the Big Ten as a conference. It was my, it was my sports home in a way. Well, I mean, it's not so far. I mean, the Pac-12 still does that every weekend. You know, they play a pair of opponents, and then you come back home, and their opponents uh, play you and your sister school or your arch-rival school uh, every week. It's always bad news for Arizona State after a team gets slapped around by Arizona uh, yeah. uh, each time. So, I mean, that, that happens all the time. But let's not go too far back. Let's talk about this year for a minute. And, look, I respect your betting opinion 100% when it comes to Big Ten sports. I really do. Again, when you understand the nuance of the programs, you understand the basic how this is going to work in terms of vetting. And we'll talk about nuances in just a few moments. But this year, your quote is, bet against Northwestern in every game at the beginning of February. And then Northwestern went out and proceeded to pull five upsets. And was it five upsets in a row or six? They covered the spread in six. They only pulled five upsets in a row. So talk to me about your wrong read on uh, Northwestern and why it was so wrong. Well, you know, I have have long prided myself in tapping into the biorhythms of the Northwestern program, whether it's football or basketball. That was my alma mater. I spent you know, years and years there hanging around watching the program. I had a feel for a very long time of, you know, what at any moment the program's, uh, you know, chart was going to be at, right? Historically, Northwestern's ups and downs are load up in the non-conference, try to go 9-0 and or 10-1, and and then hang on and try to get into the NIT. That was the best you could expect from Northwestern. So the rhythm of the season was always, by Christmas, you knew what the story was. It seemed to me, given the, the roster and the schedule, the way it was playing out, that February was going to be uh, when, the, when the sort of pumpkin, uh, you know, turned this year, and we were going to see a slide by Northwestern. I was absolutely wrong until recently. <laughs> so <laughs> I will apologize to you that they have, that, you know, that I was wrong at the time, but they have certainly caught up with my, with my expectations now, I think, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, the last uh, couple of games for the Wildcats, they have looked like you expect them to look at the beginning of February, but this time it's March. But So, number one, how did Northwestern do it? And number two, is this a straight fade team moving forward as we talk about the Big Ten tournament? Northwestern does this essentially by, by, by having middling depth uh, that in, in, the, in, the, in the doldrums of late January and early February can be turned to its advantage among teams that are having themselves ups and downs. Now, going forward, um, it's, I think we're in for some more problems with, with, you know, with Northwestern. In fact, you know, I know everyone's got them a lock for the tournament um, and uh, you know, even a reasonable seed, but you know, they've got to play Rutgers this weekend. They've lost three in a row. They got to go to Rutgers, which ain't no easy place to play. And then it's probably going to be Rutgers again 
uh, for the brunch game on Thursday next week, the, uh, the, the sort of uh, morning tilt, we may be looking at Northwestern 20 and 12 with five straight losses uh, to end the season. You know, you tell me, does that get you in? Um, there's an awful lot of Big Ten teams going to have that resume or better. So I don't know. Yeah, Big Ten is funny that way. I'm going to ask you about Ohio State. I'm going to ask you about Iowa. I'm going to ask you about recent Big Ten tournaments. And I'm going to ask you about basic Big Ten tourney betting strategy. We're just getting started with Bradley Schrager. More deep dive into the Big Ten tourney coming up next when coverage continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Many of the professional bettors that I know really dive into the Super Bowl. And you'll see a lot of very good betters. I'm not going to say going all in, but I mean, they go nuts on the props. They, and a lot of times we'll be betting both sides. We'll be betting this guy over, and then once it gets steamed up, they'll be betting him right back again under. So there's a lot of two way action where, in theory, you can middle both sides. You know, you can cash both sides of those wagers. That's when it comes to the Super Bowl. When it comes to betting the college basketball tournaments, the pros do not go nuts for March Madness. They don't go nuts for the big dance. The lines are really tight. A third of the games in the big dance are going to come down to someone hitting a three or someone making a free throw. <laughs> uh, and your edges, they're there. Not like there's no bets in the big dance, but your edges are few and far between. The big dance for betters is for casual betters. The pros love the conference tournaments. I love the conference tournaments. This next week in college basketball is the best betting week of the season. And that's a pro-Joe difference right there. The Joes are going to love the big dance, and that gets all the hype. The pros know that conference tournaments, where teams are going to play multiple games in multiple days in multiple conferences, that's where their money really can be made. And I love them. I bet them big every year. I bet them heavy every year. Bradley Schrager, our guest today, does not. He doesn't bet them all. He only bets the Big Ten tournament because that's the conference that he knows and loves and has been following for the last 40 years. And he knows it when it comes to nuance as well as anybody. Bradley, nuances are everything when it comes to conference specialization. Talk about some of the unique nuances of the Big Ten college hoops. And when it comes to venue, I know we're not going to see any venues this week other than a neutral site venue, but... You know, I know Madison's always tough. Are there any underrated or overrated venues in the Big Ten that stand out to you? Any nuances that stand there, out to you as well? Yeah, there are. You know, I mean, you know, it's just, I've always followed the, the sort of rules that, you know, what makes a good home court advantage is, is number one, not sucking as a team. Um, you could be a lousy <laughs> team. And it's, and it's, you know, it's not going to matter. Uh, but when you get the combination of a great venue and a team that's tough, uh, a place like Rutgers, I mean, those guys, every time you go to Rutgers, you are in for a fight. I mean, those guys are tough. Um, you know, nobody really thinks of Rutgers as a, as a basketball program, but they're a bubble team right now. 
And I would be, I, look, I wouldn't want to have to face them um, either in Rutgers or in the tournament, the, uh, 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 the Binghamton tournament this weekend. Other places are wonderful places for basketball. I mean, Williams Arena, where the Minnesota Gophers play, is like an old-school National Guard armory. Um, but for the last you know, 26 years or so, Minnesota can't, can't, can't buy their way out of the cellar, right? So, you know, no matter who they hire, no matter who they recruit. So, you know, the nuances on the road are some great buildings. I mean, Assembly Hall in Illinois, Assembly Hall um, in Bloomington, Indiana. Mackey Arena is a, is a terrific place for Purdue. That's a, you want to talk about a place where it's a hard place to play, and for years now they have been a top or at least, you know, a first division team in the Big Ten and we've seen that this year as well. As far as the nuance with the tournament, the Big Ten tournament historically is not a chalk tournament, um, and a lot of that, you know, is 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 simply because of the of the parity we see. You know, there are very few Big Ten seasons where somebody runs away with it, even when there's a terrific team, um, you know, at the at the at the top of the ticket. And this year, I think it's more than ever. You know, people think of. Big Ten basketball, much like Big Ten football, right? It's, it's plotting, it's, you know, bodies slamming against each other. It's a cloud of dust even on the, even on the basketball court. Well, you know, when it comes around to, to Big Ten tournament or to NCAA tournament time, that serves this conference very well. So while we've got a lot of teams with, you know, a lot of them have double-digit losses, you know, they're 20 and 10, 20, 18 and 11, 19 and 11, if you – if you look at a team like Iowa, these are battle-tested teams. So a team like Purdue, who's at the top of the stack at 25 and five, 14 and five, wrapped up the conference title. You know, historically, the Big Ten tournament is not a place for the number one seed to shine. Uh, it's the it's the it's the it's the other teams, the teams with some depth and some grit, and that are willing to lay it all out on the floor. You know, I mean, you know, Iowa last year was a, I think. A, five seed came through historically you're going to see uh two three four and five seeds in the final uh and i think we're going to see that again if only because every every team is so close right now from two to nine the seeding is almost impossible to predict i mean i mean there are teams that could land anywhere from nine to two and we don't yeah, know where yeah. they'll be and that's and, and we'll talk about some of these issues in, in just a minute. But uh, certainly when it comes to, in terms of the, the seeding and teams we're looking to bet on and bet against in this tournament, I promise you out there, listening audience, we're going to get plenty of actionable information from Bradley Schrager before this show is done. But before we start really going deep into the tournament, uh, I asked you a little bit about Northwestern. I want to ask you a little bit about Ohio State because no team – in the Big Ten underachieved more than the Buckeyes, and yet they've shown signs of life here at the end of the regular season. First of all, what caused that extended Buckeyes collapse? And, of course, the betting markets still had the season-long stats they were focusing on. Uh, they were still a top-40 team in Ken Palm's rankings after they, I think they lost eight in a row, and they were still top-40. And I'm like, you just got to keep fading them. What happened to the Buckeyes and are they going to be a live sleeper uh, as the Big Ten tournament begins? Yeah, those are two really interesting questions, and I think that the, that the answer to the first one, what what happened to them, kind of goes down to to, to coaching. 
I mean, Holtman is is uh, has not panned out very well. I don't I don't find his approach to be very creative. Um, he can't recruit this kind of size they need. That's been their problem now for a while. Is they are significantly undersized in a league that at the moment is trending big and strong, um, and so that's caused them tremendous problems. Their turnaround uh, has been largely due, I think, to uh, you know, it's odd way to put it, on sort of giving up on the season, or at least giving up on this season. You know, the Buckeyes can't fire Holtman, right? This isn't Texas. They can't just throw him $25 million and go get the next guy. That's not how Ohio State works. So, And that hasn't so worked Holtman, for Texas either, well, <laughs> for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> they can do it, but it doesn't work. Ohio State can't, can't even do it. Um, so at some point over the last month, you saw a lot of the seniors start to sit, right, the people that have been starting for a while. And a lot of the kids, uh, the, the Bruce Thorntons of the world, you know, I mean, I mean they've been led all year by this freshman Sensabaugh, who's an awesome player. But these younger kids got to play a lot more minutes. And then as, 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 we, as, we, as we got later on, they were building depth almost by accident. They were building experience almost by accident. So now what you saw just a couple nights ago, when they, uh, you know, when they when they took down a really good Maryland team on senior night, was you had seniors who were hungry, right? Because they're because the sands are running through the hourglass, and you had freshmen and sophomores who were ready to play now, and they were blending in a way that if you're looking at the tournament, and you're and you're talking about you know five games in five days if you're Ohio State or even just a few days in a row, you have a freshness factor and a hunger there that I think is likely to cause, uh, you know, some issues for people. So, you know, they were fade for a long time. Um, I think they, they're, they're a team to watch heading through next week. There, there's potential uh, for Ohio State. And look, I mean, the tournament, you know, we've had Madison Square Gardens versions of this tournament. We've had Washington, D.C. versions of this tournament. We've had lots in Indianapolis. This year it's in Chicago at the United Center. Um, recent Big Ted tourneys, what stands out in your memory Certainly Evan Turner's buzzer beater for Ohio State against Michigan in 2010. Let's talk about the venues. Oh. Talk about anything that stands out to you in recent Big Ten turning in. We've got two minutes for the break. You know, you know, this is now, I think, the 25th tournament because they, they had to skip one for the COVID year. And, uh, you know, some of these really stand out. It's just terrific memories. But, in, you know, when they're in Chicago, it always – Feels special, you know. Chicago is the is the is is the Big Ten, uh, you know, home. It's the metropolis, and so uh, you know, back in 2010, you know, you, you're talking about Evan Turner. That was a that was a almost top ranked and certainly top seeded Ohio State team uh, that was about to go down in the quarters to a mediocre Michigan team, um, and 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 he hit a half court buzzer beater to 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 to, uh, to win it. And send Ohio State through. They won the tournament, and they—I—I I think they did fairly well in the tournament that year. But if you're talking about great memories of the Big Ten tournament, uh, Iowa in 2001 uh, has a losing record in the Big Ten season, and this is the Luke Recker, Reggie Evans, Iowa Hawkeye team, and they were not very good. But they went on a blitz uh, in Chicago that week, won the four games in four days. Uh, and won the Big Ten title over a pretty good Indiana team that was about to make a run to the national final uh, with Maryland a couple years later. 
And, uh, you know, Reggie Evans was named most outstanding player. I, re- I remember this. Reggie Evans was a, was a good player. But from that moment on, he was, he was America's journeyman. Re- Reggie Evans, after that game, said 12 NBA seasons to be $30 million. <laughs> That's a heck of a run, being that he might not have done any of that uh, had they not been able to win four games in four days in Chicago to win the Big Ten tourney. I'm telling you, now we get actionable info from Bradley Schrager. We're going to talk Purdue, Michigan, Iowa, Maryland, Northwestern, Indiana, Illinois, Sparty, and much more. Cover it continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Get all the latest updates, breaking news, line changes, and more. Follow us on Twitter, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV, and stay on the grid everywhere you go. Again, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV. You can follow me on Twitter, at Teddy underscore covers. And you can follow Bradley Schrager on Twitter, at Bradley Schrager. Simple enough. Uh, of course, you got to figure out how to spell Schrager, but uh, there's what S C H R A G E R. Of course, you know, guys, if you can't spell Bradley, that's your problem, not mine. At Bradley Schrager on Twitter. Brad, before the break, I promised everyone we're going to break down this tournament. We talked some memories, we talked some nuances. Now let's talk what's going to happen this year in the Big Ten tourney. Purdue's at the top. All right. You talked about the failures of number one seeds in this tournament. Is Purdue going to be a number one seed failure? I can't expect that uh, they're going to burn out and try to win four games and four nights in this tournament when there may be legit national title contenders down the line. I guess, let me ask you this. Thoughts on Purdue in this tournament, and are the Boilermakers legit national title contenders, or is this team going to get bounced well before the Final Four? Yeah, let's start with the second one. They are definitely a legitimate Squad. I mean, in a, in, a, in a year where nationally there are there are an awful lot of teams that are that feel like they have a chance. This is certainly one of them. I mean, they are. Look, what are you going to do with a seven foot four guy that can move this way? I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a challenge for teams that that is really hard to prepare for on short notice, and that's what tournaments throw at you, right? All of a sudden, hey, we got to play tomorrow, and it's a it's a seven foot four guy. Uh, you know, with 23 points and 13 rebounds, and he's he's just a powerhouse. <laughs> but they've got they've got guards. You know, I mean, Braden Smith is dishing the ball, and you know, uh, Lawyer. These are this is a well balanced team. Now, they may cause a lot of trouble and make a nice run in the NCAA tournament. There's a couple factors that I think cause number one seeds uh, issues in the Big Ten tournament. Number one, you mentioned, right? It's it's the it's the it's the you know why am I going to burn myself out? I'm the I'm the clear number one team in this conference. You know, no one's going to hold it against me. Secondly, is the sort of weird timing of the Big Ten tournament. I mean, I love the Big Ten tournament, but that doesn't mean everybody does, and not everybody thinks of the Big Ten as a huge, you know, big time basketball conference like they do, uh, you know, the SEC, the Big Twelve, the ACC. But they always get this last day, last tournament slot for the tournament, right, for the Big Ten uh, 
title. Absolutely right, right, right before the Selection Sunday show. Yeah, sure. That's right. It's like the lead-in, like the like the confetti's falling down, and, and then they go to the studio, right? James Brown with the with the, <laughs> with the collection stuff, and it's a weird timing, right? It's it's like by Saturday night, everything is known, right? There's very little you can do to hurt yourself or help yourself at that point, unless you're a Big Ten team trying to make it into the tournament from the bubble to win it. But you know, Purdue's not going to have that issue. So Saturday and Sunday, you know, I don't know that I could blame them if they. Yeah, whether subconsciously or not, took a little bit off the gas. And I think that's what's happened to number one seeds historically. It's like we're going to push this through Sunday. We're, we're, we're probably going to have to get on a plane and go to wherever, Laramie, for Thursday night. Why would we do that? Um, so sometimes that can, that can work against uh, Big Ten number one seeds, and that's probably going to be the case here. That and the fact that the Big Ten is just so deep uh, with parity this year. Yeah, although Laramie, not one of the first-round sites for the NCAA tournament, the point being they go they go to obscure and faraway locations. And I'm with you. Purdue is not a team. If I'm playing on Purdue in the Big Ten tournament, if I'm playing a Purdue game in the Big Ten tournament, it's likely to be against the Boilermakers. But this is where it gets really interesting. All right. When you look at the number two seed you mentioned earlier, the, the, the difference between the number two seed and the number nine seed is basically one game. Iowa, Maryland, Indiana. Illinois, Michigan, Northwestern, Michigan State, and Rutgers. Between them, either 11 or 10 wins in Big Ten play this year. Every one of those teams heading into the weekend. Rank these teams for me, please, and tell me which one of them, if any of them, are live to win the tournament. Differentiate between all these teams that, you know, the the, the rankings haven't differentiated. They have Indiana, and and Maryland is good, and Illinois, and and, uh, Michigan State, and not so much, and Iowa. I don't even know what the rankings think of. You tell me, out of that group of eight teams, rank them, best to worst. Yeah. Well, best to worst. You know, some of this is going to come down to what happens Saturday and Sunday because, you know, you want to avoid certain teams. You want to, you know, there are better matchups for some than others. So, you know, there's going to wind up being a bunch of tiebreakers. And depending on which three or four other teams, you know, Maryland or Indiana or Michigan State tie with, the no. complication of the This is what I want. This, this is what I'm asking for you. I could care less about tiebreakers. I care less about their records. I, the only thing I care about is you telling me which one of these teams is better than the next one. So if you could yeah. rank these eight teams for me, you know, which team do, which team do you think are better that are liver than, uh, than, than some of the others? So can you do that? Yeah, sure. Go. Okay. You know, looking at this, at, this, at this stretch of teams, the teams that separate themselves from that pack, in my mind, are Indiana, Illinois, and Maryland. I know Maryland's coming off a tough loss the other night, uh, but I really like their, that squad, and I really like uh, where they're probably going to place in the seedings. Indiana's been tough all year. Look, all these teams have beaten everybody else. Um, but if you were to look at one of these teams that, pe- that perhaps people aren't looking at quite as strongly – Illinois has had the athletes all year long, and they're putting it back together. Now, I was probably just on the outside of that because, once again, they're coming back from, uh, uh, from injuries and they're getting a the rhythm together. Those are the four teams, probably in that order, right? Indiana, Indiana Illinois, Maryland, Maryland, Iowa. What about on the bad yeah. side of the equation? Any of these teams we want to be fading? I don't want any part of Northwestern right now. Uh, Northwestern and Rutgers are going to probably play each other in 
a desperate struggle. I'm not big on Michigan State or Michigan at the moment either. That's the bottom of that chunk of teams. So both the Sparty and the Wolverines could well be fade teams once the Big Ten tournament arrives this coming week. Now, one of the things we often see in this tournament is somebody that we haven't even thought of all of a sudden wins like two, three games and they're playing over the weekend. Penn State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Ohio State, Minnesota. These are the bottom feeders in the Big Ten this year. Any of them live to win a couple of games or to cover a couple of point spreads before they get bounced or any of them live to make a run to the weekend? To win a couple of games, like I said, I think Ohio State finally has the depth and some things going in their favor. Wisconsin, maybe. The rest of them, no. No, I mean, and even for Ohio State, since they're, since the, the structure makes them play five times, if, they're gonna, you know, if you're thinking of them going the whole way, that's just too much for them. But a couple of games, yeah. So Ohio State and Wisconsin, there's hope for. What about the Nittany Lions? I mean, is there any chance that Penn State wins a game or two here? Because they've, they've impressed me more than I thought they would this season. Yeah, but they. But you know, I, I mean, if you look at who they've beaten and when, I, I mean, the public will tell you that it was an impressive win the other night against Northwestern. I think those are two teams that are crossing. Penn State is slightly on the uptick. Northwestern's on the on the sort of downslope. So you know, I mean, I think of Penn State much like I think of Northwestern, which is at any given moment the bottom can drop out. Huh. Fair enough. All right. So we got just a few minutes left here with Bradley Shager. Man, this hour flies fast. Uh, I want to have you on the show, but I want there's three questions I want to ask you before uh, all said and done. I want you to give me one answer for each of these three questions. One, who's your bet to win it? Big Ten tournament. Maryland's going to win the Big Ten tournament. Nice. That's not that. That's not what I was expecting from you, and that's interesting. If Maryland does it, who's live? Illinois and Iowa, whoever comes out of that little pod, because I think they're going to be in the same pod, whoever comes out of that pod. Maryland, Illinois, I know what I'm typing. I'm, I'm writing this stuff down. B, okay, we have Maryland, and I love this concept. Give me a sleeper who could challenge a Maryland in Illinois or an Iowa. Uh, Rutgers, because of their toughness, probably going to get Purdue in their second game, if Purdue is, you know, sleepwalking a little bit, I don't want any part of Rutgers. Yeah, Rutgers is tough, man. They're, they're, they, they can't hit a shot, but they're tough as nails. You yep. talked about, we talked a little bit about the long shots who could go deep. Uh, if you're going to pick Wisconsin or Ohio State or somebody else, is there a long shot that can win uh, that stands out to you in that regard? You know, if the long shots come from the bottom four, the ones that have to play on the first day, Ohio State's really your only bet. And if the long shot doesn't come from the final four, there's someone else you might call a long shot in this tournament. You know, Wisconsin has shown flashes of the Wisconsin we, you know, we used to know. They've just been so inconsistent and can't put it together for more than half an hour at a time. Uh, but I guess that would be the other one because if they, if, if they sort of catch it in the bottle – then, you know, they've still got good coaching, good players. And last but not least, a fourth question that I did not send you ahead of time, but I figure it makes sense. I've got your bet to win it. I've got your sleeper who could challenge. We've got a long shot who could go deep. Who's the favorite we want to be betting against here? 
I would be fading Indiana out of the out of the top four. I would be fading Indiana. Uh, would that would that go only for this tournament, or does that carry over for yeah. you uh, into uh, in the 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 big dance as opposed to these little dances? No, just for this tournament. In fact, for the big dance, if if uh, if you can find someone to give you uh, odds on the number of Big Ten teams going to the team, it's going to be higher than people think. Take the over so, on Big Ten teams hitting the the Sweet 16. A lot of these teams are going to be in the seven to ten seed range. And look, if I'm a if I'm a UCLA or a Marquette who's you know you know skated through are the class of their conferences. I, I don't want to look at Illinois on that second round game. I don't want to. I don't want a piece of uh, you know Iowa if I'm if I'm any of those squads. So if you can find the over on teams making it to the Sweet 16, that's what I'd be looking at very seriously. Yeah, and of course, Bradley not a professional better. The way you're going to find that bet is uh, total wins for the Big Ten in the tournament. Um, and if you take the Big Ten total wins over. If you get a handful of teams going to the Sweet 16, you generally cash those tickets. I don't know if they have uh, over/under. I don't. I don't recall seeing uh, over/unders on teams. You know how many teams for this conference reached the Sweet 16, but you will get an over/under for how many games each conference is going to win in the Big Dance. Bradley Schrager says, "Look at the Big Ten total wins over." Well, what do you want to promote, my friend? You got uh, about 40 seconds here. And you're not a sports better, so promote whatever you want. Uh, promote whatever I want. I would like to promote everybody registering to vote and going to vote. I'm big on voting. Vote. Bradley. Go vote. Register to vote. If you follow him on Twitter, you'll understand exactly what he's talking about, Bradley. A longtime election attorney here uh, in the state of Nevada. Dude, this was fun. I did have fun with you today. Hopefully we'll get a chance to do it again. I don't know. Maybe next year we'll figure out something that sounds fun. Any closing thoughts? Five seconds, Brad. Uh, the Big Ten is going to have a much better tournament than usual, and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And that's the truth of it here in the home stretch of Cover It With Teddy Covers. You know, we are looking to be your trusted source for good information and certainly here Uncover it. That's what I try to do each and every show. And today's show, I thought we gave you some good info on the Big Ten tourney. Hopefully you can use it to your advantage. If you missed any portion of today's program, if you like this type of stuff, you want more of it, you want to check out yesterday's show on the NBA or previous shows, you can go back and download every single show I've ever done for Sports Grid. Wherever you download your podcast, check out the podcast version and consume at your convenience. Just search Cover It or Cover It with Teddy Covers, and you can download it and get it every single time. Two shows each and every weekend. So normally at this stage of the game, I like to give you guys a bettable opinion on something, and I'm not going to do that today on a particular game. What I am going to do today is give you a concept for something we're looking at this week 
this upcoming week when it comes to the conference tournaments. Schrager was talking about how in the Big Ten, yeah, the chalk doesn't usually make it to the championship game. That's not unique to the Big Ten. When you look at the Power Five conference tournaments, and Kansas tends to be an exception to this rule, so the Big 12 is one that I don't always fade the chalk. But when it comes to the SEC, when it comes to the Big Ten, when it comes to the ACC, when it comes to the Pac-12, these number one seeds, even the Big East sometimes, number one seeds not always the way to go in conference tourney action. I tend to look for spots to bet against number one seeds in all of the major tourneys. So that's going to wrap it for this week's Cover It with Teddy Covers. Really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you keeping it right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. And we'll talk to you again next week. Best of luck with all your wagers. We'll see you around next time.